Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody, we are going to have an amazing time on this podcast, and we're going to kick it off different. Welcome. We Chris are is about- now we are going to we're going to talk about the uh, the keys to increase your levels of your level of success. I'm going to give you five keys to do that. But before but before we do that, I want to give Tatum 20 rapid fire questions. Let me preface this by saying she le- doesn't know what these are. Legitimately, she's I she's been any- asking me for a long time. She's like, Chris, please let me see what I've these no are. I have no idea what he's gonna say. And these are one answer, one word response. Or what I'm gonna say. So Lord help us all. Let's okay, go. But these are rapid fire. You can't think. Well, I do have to think, and I might <laughs> not say something that you like, but I'm gonna be real. Let's go. Okay, just throw them out quick. Do it. Okay? Go. Okay. What has been your favorite age so far? 30-something? What, what is your go-to lazy dinner? Lazy dinner? Cheese and fruit? Okay. What is your favorite thing to do in the summertime? Lay by the pool. How often do you floss? Weekly, multiple times. Uh, what is your uh, one of your nicknames? Tater bug. What is the stupidest dare you ever agreed to do? A dare? Mm, probably toilet paper somebody's yard. Okay. What item is worth spending more money on? Jewelry is your money. Is your money is your bed made right now? Yes. If you could afford any car, which would you drive? Mm. I don't know. I'm not a car girl. Have you ever written a song for someone? No. What is your favorite way to work out? With weights. What is one thing (laughs) you regret spending money on? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. A vacuum cleaner. Oh, yeah. We bought a vacuum cleaner when we were (laughs) first married. What movie do do you enjoy quoting the most? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Nacho Libre. (laughs) Okay. If you could be transformed into one animal, which animal would you choose? A monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever gone viral online? No. What dish do you cook best? Cream corn casserole. What story do you tell the most often? Hmm. I don't tell a lot of stories, maybe. What is your hidden talent? Help me. What is my hidden talent? I don't know. What? Oh, I can do a pistol squat. Okay. <laughs> you can also tie a uh, the stem of a cherry. Oh, with my a, tongue. Yeah. Into, Many, a, into a knot. A girl of many talents. What is your favorite board game? Rummy Cube. Okay. And what is your favorite rainy day activity? Laying on the couch with a blanket. And my dog, but she died. <laughs> Was that it? That was it. I did it, You did y'all. good. Woo-woo. All right. Now That's you guys it. know Tatum. There you go. Okay. So we're going to talk about five keys to increasing your level of success. Yes, we are. So, you know, the whole premise of this episode here kind of revolves around the fact that I've, I've been um, really honored and blessed because God's allowed me the privilege to be around some great leaders, um, both in business, in ministry, in sports, uh, doctors, politicians. And I've actually 
I've discovered some things about them, and I want to share these with you because uh, if you can capture these these five areas, I believe that it will help you to become um, become more successful in your own life. Okay. So Tatum is laughing now because I said I've been around some pretty uh, some successful people in my life, and I said like, and then she starts pointing to herself. Y'all could only see. I was having fun. She was goofing around. Woo. Okay, so here's the first thing that I saw. Tell us. That's it. Number one, start small. So begin with what you have and don't wait for what you don't have. What does the Bible say in, in Zechariah? I love this verse. Zechariah 4.10 says, Don't despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You know, I think God loves it when the work begins because yeah. it's typically in the beginning phases that yeah. we are the most dependent on Him. Yep. I kind of feel like that's a life verse <laughs> for us. It makes me think of so many hard but beautiful like times in our life when I think back over the last 23 years that we began in such humble and small ways. Um, and I love it. Don't despise the small, because I can look back now and you see the faithfulness of God because we were totally dependent on him. And we are, but in those times, man, you, um, you feel the squeeze a little more than yeah, I think the challenge for a lot of us in our lives is that we interact with so many big things and we forget that we don't know how they originally started. Yeah. So we just we just see them. So for for example, um, working out and eating right, so that somebody can get in shape. And you see somebody that's in shape, and you think, wow, you know, must be nice to have just such you know great genetics or or what have you. No, it's the fact that they started. They started small. Mm -hmm. They started with their um, small tweaks, little changes. Yeah, and and sacrifice, mm -hmm. and days that they want to give up, and days that they're thinking, "Man, this I just don't want to go, you know, throw weights around in a gym, and I don't want to uh, get on a treadmill, and I don't want to." And I do want that. chocolate cake <laughs> and ice cream and yeah, buffalo chicken wings. And anyway, man. But we see, you know, people that have experienced. Great success. We in, see in the their success, life. yeah, afterwards, and don't often know the well, small beginning. They paid a price yeah. behind the scenes. They started small. Very true. Um, my friend David Craig, uh, I, I hear him say this all the time. So, the uh, the community that our church has been established in here is called Craig Ranch. It's in it's in McKinney. It's a community that's valued at at two billion dollars, with a B. Wow, the community itself, not our church. Just to be clear, yeah. <laughs> But, and, you know, he's constantly interviewed by, you know, uh, newspapers and television stations and so on and so forth because of stuff that's going on here when the Byron Nelson shows up and mm -hmm. they bring in $65 million of uh, tax revenue into the, into the city. And but I've heard him tell me many times, he said, Chris, it took me 20 years to be an overnight success. <laughs> that's it. I mean, I think about us coming to Pastoral Life Fellowship Church. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't bother me, but sometimes it does. Where <laughs> I hear, you know, other pastors or whatever, they'll say, "Must be nice." Like God must really shine down on you guys. You guys got all the stuff. You guys got, you know, a brand new building and all. I mean, you guys got technology, and you guys are seeing all these things. And what they don't know, they, 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 they just never were there. Like when I first came to the church, 
my green room where I was like getting my heart ready to come on out and speak the word mm-hmm. was a, a janitor's closet. Yeah. Yeah. So skinny. Legitimately. I had to walk yeah. down the side sideways. I yeah. couldn't even stand. With your shoulder widths. Yeah. Because the whole, because the thing was so skinny back there. Mm-hmm. And that's where our whole band would go back there where we'd try to pray. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm smelling the the chemicals and all this stuff. Maybe that, maybe I preached better back then. You worked, I remember <laughs> the first summer that we were here, hon, and the air conditioning went out. And in your office, you brought our fan from our, our home. Because we put couldn't it afford there, to buy the fan. Yeah, yeah, on your desk and worked in Texas, y'all, in the summer heat. To be in the office with the rest of the staff um, without air conditioning. Yeah, but because I couldn't afford we couldn't fix seven hundred dollars to fix the air conditioner. Yeah, and I was of the mindset, well, I have to be at the church. Yeah, a little bit of an old, an old school mindset, but that was yeah, God many years ago, and yeah, just was what it was. But yeah, I think we're but all we started small because yeah. you know, again, six months after being here, there were seven people in service. So. It's the small things that God, Mm -hmm. he loves. And that's what we don't love because, again, we keep seeing the big things out there and people's successes. I think media, social media compounds this comparison because we do only see what people want us to see, which is usually just the very best of their day or the best of their week. The highlight of their life is what they share rather than the reality of what it's taken to get there or what really is beyond the screen of that picture that you can't see, right? Um, yeah, consistency com- compounds. So when you start small and you're consistent in mm-hmm. adding value to people, it adds massive returns to you. Mm-hmm. When, when you are consistency compounds, when, when you start small and you're consistent in, in your eating and in your, um, uh, in your working out, it'll compound. That that happens in the financial. That that happens. Yeah, when, when you start saving, when, when you just date a little. your spouse yeah. and you are consistent in working on that marriage, mm-hmm. it will produce massive dividends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was listening to um, Craig Rochelle the other day on. He was on some podcast. He's a he's a one of the a very famous pastor in America. And he actually said, I wanted to write a book called Boring My Way, Boring Your Way to Success. Mm-hmm. But and the publishers wouldn't let him because they said nobody would buy it. Yeah. But, you know, again, I think that's being consistent in the small yeah, things. That's what he was talking about the discipline of daily doing the small things that get you to have the Big success results. where, yeah, that, where you're at. You know, vision expands as we move, not as we think. <laughs> So we have to be people that are willing to take small steps. And as you take one step, God will give you greater vision and greater vision. It says that God leads us in steps, not leaps. It says that the steps of a righteous man are Are ordered ordered of the Lord, not the leaps. Mm -hmm. You know, this is interesting. Do you know that Ben and Jerry's ice cream began in 1978 with with a $5 correspondence course in ice cream making from Penn State University? And a $12,000 investment, which 4000 of those dollars were borrowed. I did not know. So Ben and Jerry, they opened their first ice cream shop in a renovated gas station in Burlington, Vermont. Wow. And the rest is history. Look at them now. Amazon was founded by Jeff Bezos from his garage in Bellevue, Washington on July 5th, 1994. 28 years later. You ready for this? I yeah. just looked it up. 
They're worth $1.1 trillion as a, as a company. Holy cow. Since 1994. 28 years later. Wow. Started in a garage. It's the small things. Hmm. Here's a second uh, secret to success that I'm going to give you today. And I would, I, I would ask you to apply this to your life. And that's this. Number two, develop your strengths. So success comes by strengthening your strengths more than improving on your weaknesses. I love this line of thought. So what I've discovered in, in meeting with all these kind of different folks that have really, that they're at the top of their game, they, <sighs> extraordinary successful people find their strengths and commit to developing their potential in that sweet spot of their life. In fact, you know this on our team here, mm -hmm. we take a... Um, a test. It's called Strength Finders. Yes, we kind do. of a personality. It kind of just gets into who, like an assessment yeah. of who you are. What are your What are your giftings, or what are you naturally good at? Who has God created you to be, and what's we actually put those on the bottom of all of our emails. Yeah, our email signatures. Each person's top five strengths, mm -hmm. so that when you're emailing somebody and they're responding back, you know who it is that you're talking to, like kind of how they're thinking. Yes, we do. I was just going to say, I love the idea. I feel like um, so many times we can focus on our weaknesses and trying to do better at what we are not good at, which I don't think is a bad idea. But the concept that you just shared of strengthening our strengths and the difference that that makes, we can get in, I don't want to say it's immeasurably, but gr much greater in what we're already gifted at and strong at, then we're going to be able to get, if we put the same amount of energy or effort on what we're weak at, we're just going to get a little bit better. But if we focus on strengthening the strengths, you're going to see a lot of difference. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to explain? Yeah. And the... Uh, I think that's a shift for some people's mindset. And the return on investment when it comes to your, uh, your purpose. So think about this. I know that I have a strength mm -hmm. in my public speaking mm -hmm. and in being a visionary and mm -hmm. dreaming things and strategizing and all that. Yeah. I am very weak at um, uh, coddling little babies <laughs> <laughs> in the nursery. Yeah. If I'm like, well, I need to get better at that. Yeah. We would not have a very good um, preschool department here. <laughs> you, you wouldn't would say, be happy and neither would the babies. Let's just say We'd it have like a that. lot of crying babies. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's just not a gift. That's not who you are. So I'm not going to focus on that because that's not my gift. Mm -hmm. It's not. That's a weakness of me, of mine. Hey, you are good with our kids uh, and babies. I'm, but you, you get what I'm saying. I get I'm what saying. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But what's better is that I focus on being better at what you're at already what I'm gifted already at. good at. It's not that I'm saying that I can't do these things, yeah. but what I apply myself to, and that's what I've seen a lot in, in uh, highly successful people in ministry and life and what, is that they will apply themselves to their, uh, to their strengths. Yep. In fact, uh, focus on your strengths and you focus on success. Yep. Here's the, um, here's the next one. And that's this. We talked about it here these last two weeks. That's this. I, I, it's so important. I want to say it again. Number three, address your blind spots. It's impossible to reach your potential by yourself. And so we need other people's uh, perspectives to help us to see our blind spots. And I've seen this in highly successful people 
that they are constantly asking other people mm-hmm. to come around them. Mm-hmm. They're the ones, successful people are the ones that hire coaches. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that hire experts. They are the ones that hire consultants to come on in. Evaluate us and tell us. Tell me, how do I lead better? How do I think better? Which is not always easy for, by nature, for a lot of us to do, but it's so important. We the reason it is a blind spot is because we're not going to see it, and so if we don't surround ourselves with people, teams, even in our relationships, um, just thinking in the context of a husband and a wife, or of you with your your kids, I think it's important to give a voice to them as well and say. Um, you know, what am what would you like me to do that I'm not doing? Or how can I get better in name a specific situation that you feel like you're failing at and receive the feedback and grow in those ways, not be so concerned with the fact that we do have blind spots, but more concerned with what are they and how can I improve? Yeah. We, when you think about highly successful people, they are constantly bringing in outside mm-hmm. uh, evaluators that will challenge them in how they think, how they act, how they respond. And when you think of people that are not top of their game, that are, I don't need someone to teach me. Yeah. You know, I don't want to learn something There tends something to be new. more of a mindset that I'm already right. And what I'm doing is the only way, or this is what works for us and having kind of a closed mind. And you've created a lid. Yes. Yeah. We we're, have- we're doing that right now in our church. Um, I've got a gentleman, uh, a friend of mine, uh, he has been a digital strategist that has come alongside. He has coached and, and set up the uh, the standards uh, for Nike, for um, uh, Under Armour. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's helped do a lot of things with um, Amazon. Right? Yeah. yeah, all kinds of different uh, Fortune 100 and 500 companies. But he's an amazing believer. And he has said, Chris, I want to come alongside and help Life Fellowship to develop a digital strategy of what we're doing to reach our community, mm-hmm. how we then, number two, how we can engage our people mm-hmm. even better, and then number three, how we can uh, engage from a operational standpoint in the digital uh, realm within our own team and how we communicate with each other. But here's the thing. We're asking somebody who's an expert yeah. to come on in and help us with our blind spots. Yep. So I ask my team, what's it like to sit on the other side of me? Because I know I can be a kind of an intense guy. I love sitting beside yeah. you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lightening the mood here, but no. No, I think it's important as a as a leader, and especially as the boss, like the leader of the rest of our I team and our corporation to ask those questions. You're it's a it's humbling. How about this? What is one thing you would want me to do better as a leader? Mm-hmm. Or like you just said, what's one thing, kids, you would like for me to do better as a as a father? Yeah. How about this one? Um, that we have a business leader in our church running a billion-dollar company, and um, he brought in a coach. Uh, no, actually, excuse me. No, he running a billion-dollar company. I've asked him to come alongside me, and I said, "Will you please help teach me? What do you see about me that I can become better at leading mm-hmm. um, our, own our team. growing organization? Yeah. Because we have." great dreams that God has given to mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have great systems and great leadership mm-hmm. principles... If we don't address the blind spots, we so miss I'm, it. So he said, yes. He said, I'll spend a half a day with you and I would be honored to be... He said, I will pray, I will ask God, and I will come alongside and I will coach you mm-hmm. about what it's going to take for you to become a better leader. I love it. Here's number, 
Here's number four. If you want to have great success, you're going to need to have... Right relationships. So relationships are so important. The wrong kind of friendships are those that suck the life out of you. (laughs) We all know what it's like to be in a room or to encounter somebody that just um, drains, like a bank account that when you encounter them, they just take, 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 and you're left with like an empty account versus those friendships in our life that when you go to dinner with them, when you even text or sit down for a cup of coffee, you leave feeling they're refreshed. They're expanding. They're breathing fresh wind. They're encouraging. Into you. Who they're, do you have yeah. in your life? And so these people that are that I've seen that have really been successful, they they make sure they surround themselves with the right kind right of relationships. relationship. In First Corinthians, it says, chapter fifteen thirty three, it says, "Bad company corrupts good character." Mm-hmm. So if that's true, the antithesis is also true. Mm-hmm. That good company yes. creates great. Encourages, yeah, your your good character. I say it all the time. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. So So if you surround yourself with people that are big thinkers, Mm -hmm. they're visionary. Yeah, they got a great attitude. They're constantly adding value to other people. Mm -hmm. They work hard. They have great, great integrity. I'm going to show you what your future is going to look like. That's true. In other words, you're going to become like the people that you hang out, and um. I would say it like this. We all need three types of people in our lives. Number one, we need people who are going to speak into our lives. So you need somebody that can speak into the hard areas of your life. Yeah. And in order for people to do that, I would just add this onto what you're saying, honey. They have to know you have to be vulnerable, vulnerable enough for them to see the hard areas of your life and not hide them. And... I'm not saying that everyone needs to know everything, but someone in your life should know what is challenging for you, what's um, what's tempting to you, what's hard for you, what you're hoping and praying will change about yourself or your situation. We have to we have to build friendships that are genuine enough to address those difficult issues, in order for people to have the ability to truly speak into our life. Yeah, I want to read. Um... Uh, I'm I'm pulling this up. I just had this thought here. I want to read you. uh, Yeah. What one of our business leaders wrote me on my, on my birthday. He said, I love you, man of God. Um, you know, excited for you turning 47. Stay focused on the big plan period. God has great things for you. Not good things, but great things. Think big and bigger. The kingdom of God moves forward in big, bold moves. Wow. Yeah. You need people in your life that can that will, speak yeah. into your life like that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the powers of life groups. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you need some people that it says that when you confess your sins one to another, that's when you're healed. And again, let me just say it like this. Don't tell your problems to everybody. Mm-hmm. Only tell your problems to somebody that can actually help you. Yeah. It's not, we're not suggesting that, that care you just about vent you. or that you post everything personal, but it is important to surround yourself with people who can speak into your life from a real perspective because they have a true perspective. Number two, you need people who are going to spark you to action. Those who spur you on to love others and to good deeds. Those that create excitement and vision in your life. Mm -hmm. And then number three. People who show us how to live for God. So who shows us how to pray and how to read the Bible? Who shows us 
What does it even mean to live for God in a practical way? We have to have a model of that to witness. So if you didn't grow up in a Christian household or didn't have a mother or a father that set a good standard or a good example for you, I think this is a this is a good and challenge. I think a lot of this happens in community life. Yeah, in, in, for you to yeah, build relationships, team, get to a, know people. In, in a life group. Uh, there's something so powerful about that. You know, I've, I've heard it said that sometimes it's hard to uh, to love something until you've watched somebody else love something. Hmm. Like when you watch somebody else do it, it gives you mm-hmm. the freedom. It, mm-hmm. you, you're like, oh, that's how you do it. You know, when you see how a husband really does love his wife, mm-hmm. that really helps um, challenge you. You know, this is, I, I remember hearing this story when I was growing up in Wisconsin. True story. A teenager boy in Milwaukee, Wisconsin had cancer was in the hospital for several weeks to undergo radiation treatments from the chemotherapy. And it was during that time that he lost all of his hair. On the way home from the hospital, he was worried, not not about the cancer, but about the embarrassment of going back to school with a bald head. He had already decided that he wasn't going to wear a wig or a hat. And so when he arrived home, he walked in the front door and turned on the lights. And to his surprise, about 50 of his friends jumped up and shouted, welcome home. And this teenage boy looked around the room and he could hardly believe his eyes. All 50 of his friends shaved their heads. Mm. Incredible. Sweet story. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Mm -hmm. So we need some people that are around us that will believe uh, God with us, that will stick with us, that will help keep us walking close with God. Yeah, that really can speak into your life. And then spark, like you mentioned earlier, that vision. Um into your into your life or into your family. The last thing that I'll give you today, and I would say this, uh, is this, number five, and that's truly successful people, they seek after God. So let me just say this. Jesus said one day, what does it profit a man if he gains the mm-hmm. whole world? You're the most successful everything, but yet yeah. you lose your soul. Yeah. That's not success. No. You're, you're thinking too small-minded. You're thinking too temporal because success is really what matters that ends up in Eternally, eternity. Eternally, yes. That's, where, that's what success yeah. is. Yeah, where is our treasure at, you know? We want it to be in heaven. And so, you know, when, when I think about what is a, a, a true successful person, there are people that do this, but then the most important, most important, is that they seek after God. Second Chronicles 26.5, this is about a king. It's one of my favorite verses, King Uzziah. It says this, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord. And when he did, King Uzziah became the most innovative king that Israel ever had. He came up with all kinds of inventions, all kinds of prosperity came to the nation. Um, but there was a verse, I think it's verse number 17 or 18. So just, but it says that when his heart was lifted up in pride, Mm -hmm. he was destroyed and he did something he wasn't supposed to do. And he was, uh, he was struck with leprosy Mm. and he died. But it says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to to prosper. Mm. God gave him success. Yeah. And that's where we have this realization that our success doesn't come because of our strength and our grit and our yeah. our um, our influence and 
our talents any and all of that. our efforts yeah it really doesn't Nothing that we have comes to us except for the fact that god's the one that gave that to us yeah and so i think that seeking god is the most important thing that we can possibly do amen I echo everything that you just said and agree with it. I think that's what matters most. And it's just important for us to keep that in front of us in our, in our own hearts and our own lives and just ultimately realize that the, what, de, what the world defines as success is not the same as what the Lord defines as success. And um, he has so much more for us. That's right. Well, hey, everybody, I hope that this was a very encouraging and, um, challenging uh, podcast that really added value to you. If it did, if you would do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and rate us and share it with your family and friends. And if you don't have a church family, we'd love to invite you to be here with us in person. Yeah, or or online. Or online. Every Saturday at 5 p.m. and and Sunday. We have three services right now. We're looking at more in the future. So, hey, everybody. We love you all. Thanks for listening, y'all. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.